Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today, we're going to be talking about places you should visit in the Holy Land. That's right. We're going to walk you through the Holy Land and show you amazing historical holy sites that you probably didn't know were there associated with the life of Jesus and the apostles that everyone should try to visit in their lifetime. Now, we have to realize that the ancient city of Jerusalem was really the premier pilgrimage site. So you really need to know where you should go if that's in your future. Really cool episode here. I think people have heard of, about our trips to the Holy Land, and I think there's some things on this list that maybe I missed here uh, in my trip. So and they're looking forward to going. They've back. seen your tattoo as well. That's I think right. we've all seen that a number of times. But it's it's such a cool story. Razuk yeah. tattoo did not make the list. Very cool story. And you know when you think about it, we we really want to cover exact locations that are really the most important places that one needs to go to as it relates to pilgrimage sites within the Holy Land. Yeah, and a lot of these are going to be a little bit more obscure than the typical ones you're going to go on maybe your first trip to Israel, right? Your first trip to the Holy Land, you know, you're going to go to the big ones that are kind of, I guess, the standard trip that's part of the, you know, your package. But these are ones that are a little bit more curious, a little bit maybe more interesting that you probably haven't heard of. So even if you've went to the Holy Land, these are places that if you ever go back can be on your second itinerary. Yeah. So the whole sense of the Holy Sepulcher, obviously. You we've wanna... done episodes on that. Yeah. So we're not going to cover that in this episode mm -hmm. because we've talked about that so mm -hmm. much. But that is mm -hmm. the premier place of pilgrimage for a Catholic in the world. Yeah, if you go nowhere else, it. go to the Holy Sepulcher. And mm -hmm. I think, too, the Holy Land is such a rich place that it's like going once is great. It's profound, but there's so many nuances to mm -hmm. the land there and what's occurred there and all the nuances of, of all that. It's just a really beautiful. And, and the other location clearly is the church of the nativity mm -hmm. and, and where Jesus was born in sure. Bethlehem. So mm -hmm. clearly the Holy Sepulcher, the, the church where Jesus was born, these are no top two, no brainers. But these these other locations you can miss, and people do miss. But very very important locations that we highly recommend mm -hmm. in the Holy Land. Yeah, that, you know that's right, Father Rich. I mean, look, if you're going to the Holy Land, everyone's going to try to go to the place where Jesus was born and became incarnate, and the place where he conquered death in the Holy Sepulcher. Mm -hmm. Those are the two most important ones. But these ones are maybe again a little bit more curiosity, some weird ones that you might not have even thought. Wow, yeah. I didn't even consider that still existed. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Wow, that would be cool to see. Mm -hmm. And now, strictly speaking, these are New Testament related. So this is just in reference to the person of Jesus Christ That's right. preceding his birth mm -hmm. in relationship to Our Lady mm -hmm. and St. Anne and St. Joachim. And then even after mm -hmm. his resurrection, some locations that I think are very, very important for us to consider. So I think a third one. So we had the site of his birth, and we had the site of his resurrection. I think a really cool one that not maybe everyone goes to is the Basilica of the Annunciation, which is in Nazareth. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that is where the angel Gabriel gave the angelic salutation and Mary gave her fiat. Have you guys, either of you been there? I've been there, yeah. Yeah. And I, I was privileged to be able to stay overnight in Jesus Christ the Adolescent, so it's on top of the hill overlooking the Basilica of the Annunciation. But that's where St. Joseph's workshop is. That's where the, the temple where, 
where, where Jesus expressed, if this is fulfilled in your hearing, mm. there's a location there as well where blessed Charles Foucault, it was identified that he slept and, and kind of occupied a little space in one of the side roads that one of the local parish priests, who's a Salesian, who was living there at, at the Church of Jesus the Adolescent, uh, showed me. And, you know, I loved my time in Nazareth. And, and that Church of the Annunciation is just breathtaking. Yeah. I mean, just to think that this is the place where the wheels were set in motion for our salvation, where Mary gave her fiat where the angel miraculously appeared and gave Mary the choice to bear the Son of God. It's an amazingly profound thing to consider and to also think, you know, Mary is probably just going about her day. You know, she's probably running some task or maybe praying, maybe relaxing, whatever, just going about her day and history splits in two. Mm -hmm. And this is the first tear in the fabric of history of everything that came before salvation and everything that comes after. So a really amazing place to consider going. And something we consider in the Angelus Daily is, is this announcement of the angel Gabriel mm -hmm. that she is to bear a son. And, you know, when, when it comes to your experience in that location, uh, it is palpable. I mean, like you could really feel the immersive holiness of that place. And, you know, besides the Annunciation and when Jesus, you know, this is fulfilled in your hearing, um, it's also the location where Jesus was rejected by his own. You know, these are people that grew up with him. Are you not the carpenter's son? Mm -hmm. And that growing animosity toward Jesus where he was led on that hilltop where he was going to be th thrown headlong over it. Um, there's that, a chapel there. There's a chapel there, and and there's, like, fields of these, like, very interesting flowers, um, you know, very somber, very kind of like a purple kind of coloring of, of an advent. Um, that that chapel is called Our Lady of the Fright, mm -hmm. and it's an old Franciscan chapel. It's on Mount uh, Precipice, okay? And tradition says that when Jesus offended the religious authorities in Nazareth and they went to throw him off the mountain, this is the spot where Mary stood and watched Jesus about to be thrown off that mountain, but where it says, you know, he was able to disappear through the audience. Ninja. That was his first ninja disappearance. Yeah. <laughs> so th that's another site in Nazareth. So you have the Annunciation and you have this chapel called Our Chapel of Our Lady of the Fright, which is a really unique name. I mean, I don't think it's on a lot of people's itineraries, Our Lady mm -hmm. of the Fright, but just thinking about that experience of Mary and one of those Dolores, you know, mm -hmm. really interesting. And, and the other thing to consider in Nazareth, and, and this is what was a, a kind of an outbirth of my time at, on top of the hill overlooking the Church of the Annunciation, is the hidden years of Jesus. Now, we did a show on the hidden years of Jesus, which I really, it's one of my favorite shows. So we want to give a shout to anybody who hasn't watched that show yet. Make sure that you check out the hidden years of Jesus. But as you're walking around those kind of the roadways and the alleyways and, and you're on top of the hill and you're seeing this beautiful statue of Jesus as, you know, like a 13, 14, 15-year-old male, you know, you're, you're seeing him kind of looking out over the world, let alone Nazareth. 
And and really, you're seeing that kind of humanity learning obedience through what he was suffering. So Jesus in his humanity and in his adolescence is really a fascinating meditation while you're there. Yeah, and again, like these churches are ancient. And they're you beautiful. Know, the Church of the Annunciation goes back to the times of Justinian in the 6th century, the Byzantine. You know, a lot of these ones have even older roots back to uh, St. Helena and, and St. Constantine that they were built then and then typically renovated by Justinian. Um, another cool site, and you kind of mentioned this briefly, in Nazareth, um, you know, we talked about the the Annunciation. We talked about the Church of the Fright. It's St. Joseph's Workshop. Mm-hmm. Who would consider that there's a church or a chapel at St. Joseph's Workshop? But to think about that, this is the place where Jesus trained under St. Joseph, would go to work and would learn a trade and a craft, would talk with Joseph, you know, have idle conversation while they're working on this or that. But St. Joseph Workshop is such a cool place. And who considers that that's even a place you can go and, and worship and contemplate? And the adjacency of the Church of the Annunciation to St. Joseph's Workshop, there's an immediacy to it. And and very it's, close. yeah, it's very, very close. Short commute for Jesus? It is a short <laughs> commute for Jesus. Have you been to that one? I have. What's it like? Well, it's, it's um, the simplicity, the prayerfulness of it. Um, there's a beautiful painting of St. Joseph teaching Jesus the trade mm-hmm. and the skill of, of, of carpentry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is purely really a gaze into the mystery of who St. Joseph is mm-hmm. in that environment and, and Jesus learning from his earthly father. Now, one thing I think that's important to distinguish, right? Now you think, oh, St. Joseph's Workshop and the place where Mary had the Annunciation and all these sites associated with Jesus. You're like, well, where's their house? Where's the house that Mary and Joseph and Jesus lived in? You know, that's got to be there too, but it's not in the Holy Land. And that's the Holy House of Loretto. Mm-hmm. Would you talk about that a little bit? So in Loretto, you know, northeastern um, Italy, uh, just outside of the port of Ancona is the, the town of Loretto. And legend has it that the angels moved the stones in the very home of uh, the holy house to Loretto, and it's it's a form of preservation. So there's that's that's the legend part of it, and then there's uh, you know the a family name related to uh, the angels that also maybe it was that family that moved those stones in preservation of the holy house. Uh, to Italy, similar to a lot of the different artifacts that St. Helen moved Mm -hmm. from the Holy Land as well. So uh, whether it was completely a mystical miracle of angels moving the Holy House, or whether it was an Italian family uh, that participated in that move, it nonetheless is a great place of many miracles throughout the ages. I've had the privilege of praying there and participating and, and serving in Mass um, in the Holy House of Loretto, and was one of the most impactful moments of my journey toward the priesthood. Was awesome. praying there in Loretto. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is the fruit that's come from Loretto is undeniable. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of like, you know, its holiness and its impact. That's right. Mm-hmm. Another cool place. Mm-hmm. So, and you were telling me that you've actually been to this one, and this one sounds cool. And in researching this, I guess I'd never really considered where Mary was born. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you have houses. I mean, you have a house where Elvis Presley was born as a national preserved site or whatever. And I guess I never thought about it. Where was Mary born? 
Um, and that's the church of, of St. Anne in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And you, you tell me about that one. Well, you know, for, for me personally, um, this was my first trip to Jerusalem and I was praying the rosary and I normally when I'm by myself, I just don't stop praying rosaries and chaplets. It's always in my hand and I just walk aimlessly and it's always been the most enriching adventure uh, doing things like that. And I happened upon the church of St. Anne, just randomly walking around the streets of Jerusalem, walked in, there's some excavations, some ruins, but this simple church from the outside, stone facade, walk in, great acoustics, but the most impressive part is the tomb downstairs. So as you walk downstairs, you start entering into a place of excavation that is held traditionally as the birthplace of the Blessed Mother. And it was it just so happened that I was in there by myself. There was nobody inside the church, nobody in the tomb. And the the lighting in the tomb is like kind of dim. And I was praying and I closed my eyes and I, I sang a devotional hymn to Our Lady, the Ave Maria. And I opened up my eyes and there was this huge group of Italian women. And they were crying, and and they all Italian started, women crying. Oh, believe it or not, and and I I, I, well, I was just to, wondering if you wanted them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd embrace that. Okay, um, but and talk about embrace. When I when I concluded, I was leaving. They all just kind of embraced me and and kissed me on the cheek. I felt so immersed in this beautiful moment of maternal love and maternal care from Our Lady and from Saint Anne being in that in that church and having that experience firsthand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the acoustics stand out for me, but the experiential quality of maternal love was firsthand the revelation that that I drew from that experience. Yeah, uh, this church has been destroyed and rebuilt a lot of times. It was first built you know in the fifth century uh, by the Byzantines. Uh, it was destroyed during you know multiple, you know, Occupations of Jerusalem, a lot, a lot of things in the Holy but, Land were destroyed and rebuilt. And then that's built right. on, yeah. top on top of, of the same. It's such side. a tumultuous area. But a curious thing about the the Church of Saint Anne is that it's actually a possession of the French government. Mm. So in 1854, there's the Crimean War, <clears throat> and France. It would essentially what happened. Uh, now this is actually a pretty circuitous thing, but a lot of people say that the reason the Crimean War happened was because the Orthodox monks stole the gold Latin, I'm sorry, the silver Latin inscription off of the Church of the Nativity, and it led to an international uproar where Britain, France, the Ottomans, and the Russians went to war. Long story, check it out. It's really cool. I think we've covered that in another show. Briefly, yeah, we did. But because France actually participated in the war on the side of the Ottomans, the Ottoman uh, emperor gave France possession of this as a gift in the settlement for their participation in the war. So cool. the French government still owns this particular church today as property of the nation of France. Mm, that's very interesting. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know the uh, that occupation. Now, a lot of these things in the Holy Land go back to a very similar thing where the Franciscans and St. Francis himself through yeah. his friendship with the, the caliphate in Egypt the Franciscans are the custodians of all Latin Rite Holy Land properties. And and you've met these people and you've talked a lot about them uh, yeah. with them. What what's that all about? No, it's uh it's a very complicated situation uh there um with the the Roman Catholics and the Franciscans and 
the other rights mm-hmm. and the agreements that were made. I mean, you could probably do a whole show just on the history of that. The and, status and how quo. complicated yeah. it is. Um, but you're right. I think since St. Francis, you know, um, met with the caliphate and, and released some of these lands for um, veneration, mm-hmm. uh, pilgrimage sites, you know, the Franciscans have been there for a long time and, and they give tours. They're protectors of these spots and they, and they help get funding for it. Um, and so, but, but the Holy Sepulcher and there are some other ones that are, are kind of, it's, it's a little bit more of a dicey situation Sure, for the most part they're they've been actively involved for since that time in a lot of these Holy sites. Yeah. Now, Ryan, there's one that you wanted to talk about. That I think that you said that you've been to that to me is really fascinating and that's the Mount of Temptation. Yeah. Oh, that's near Jericho. Um, and near the Dead Sea, we went out there. My wife and I on our anniversary, and uh, yeah, it was uh, you, you. You're basically getting taken up to uh, the side of the side of a mountain where they literally carved out this monastery, mm-hmm. and it is just magnificent. And you talk about acoustics. I mean, it was beautiful. I believe it's a Greek Orthodox. That's uh, right. Monastery. Um, but wow, the views and I mean, it's, well, see, you mentioned the views because what the Mount of Temptation is, is where during Jesus was tempted by the devil to have yeah. the whole world. And yeah. he took him there to look over the whole world and say, you can have all yeah. of this. And that's why it's called the Mount of Temptation. You mentioned the view and I can imagine that that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. And, and the, back then when he was tempted, the, the, the cities that were below and beneath there that you could see from you know, for miles away, that that would definitely play into why, you know, he would be up up on that mountain. Yeah. And we're going to have pictures of this. If you're just listening on the podcast, if you watch this on YouTube, we're going to have pictures of this to illustrate it on the screen so you can better, you know, visualize what we're talking about. I'm I'm really, uh, I'm really bummed out that, you know, I've been to Jerusalem twice and I did not go to the Mount of Temptation. I do hope to be able to go back and uh, and visit this site because there's this a is great place to pray there. Um, the monks are very uh, hospitable. Um, there's a lot of artifacts there, mm-hmm. ancient artifacts, um, Greek Orthodox artifacts. It, it, it was it was a very prayerful place, you know, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. prayerful place. Yeah, I, I went down to the Dead Sea. Um, you know, I visited Masada. I visited. Uh, a number of locations in that region. I, this is now at the top of my list to visit. And then there's also a site um, where there, there are all these deposits of sulfur and where Sodom and Gomorrah mm-hmm. is... Uh, That's at the south end of the very Dead very south yeah. end, and not a lot of people go there. Yeah, That's also... Far, it's very far out of the way. It is. That's also on the top of my list next time that I that I go. The other thing when you go out there, you can see the tree that Zechariah climbed when... Zacchaeus. Was, Zacchaeus, yeah. sorry, climbed when, when Jesus was going through the streets of Jericho. Oh, that's cool. It, it's, it's pretty neat. I always liked Zacchaeus. I remember learning about him when I was in, like, first grade. I'm like, oh, he's so... <laughs> He's a little, little snack-sized guy. guy. He just wants to see attention. Jesus. Yeah, that's hey, really that's a sweet story. It's it a is. you know a lot of the stories in the Bible are kings being killed and beheadings and people going into flights. And that's just a nice little detail. And I like some that story. recent uh, archaeological discoveries there in Jericho too that you can check out. Yeah, They're pretty neat. Well, Jericho is one of the oldest cities in the world. It is, and people have been fighting over it for like ten thousand years. So it's a really deeply archaeological site. So, Father Rich, here's another cool one that I think you'll really like. Um, 
being the weeper that you are, right? <laughs> you're, you're a man of, of many tears of both joy, pity, empathy, and sorrow. And that's okay. Crying's good, even for men, even if I, if I give you junk about it. But it's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. Even Jesus did it. Mm-hmm. Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus mm-hmm. wept. And he wept over the death of his friend, Lazarus. Lazarus. Mm-hmm. And the tomb of Lazarus. The tomb of Lazarus is still a site you can go and visit. To think about that. Is that in Jerusalem? That's in Bethany. Bethany. That's right, because Jesus had to, he was not in Bethany because he couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And, and Bethany's know, up near Galilee, isn't it? It's further away, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus couldn't make it there on time. Um, and that's the whole, like, do you not believe that I am the life and the resurrection, you know? But when, he, when Lazarus died, he still cried. But there's this little, it's like a street, and there's this little niche in the wall, and that's traditionally viewed as the site of the tomb of Lazarus, where Jesus told Lazarus, Lazarus, come out of the tomb, and he comes, you know, waddling out, looking like, uh, you know, the mummy from the, you know, cereal box, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? But it would also do this to me. But it'd also be the place where Jesus cried. So I think most people go there and think. Well, this is the tomb of Lazarus. There's a miracle. But to me, mm. it's also a site where Jesus showed that very human emotion of tears. Mm. That's true. That's beautiful. I, I've never been, so that's uh, that's got to be on my list too. Mm-hmm. I think we're starting to form a, a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. We've been talking about it for a while. But you know, before we get into that pilgrimage, we have another pilgrimage to share with you. And very excitingly, we you know have a pilgrimage coming up in November that we don't want you to miss the opportunity of joining us to go to Fatima, to visit Our Lady of Fatima and the birthplace of St. Anthony of Padua. Many, many other things. Many other places. Yeah. Yes. So we're going November 5th to the 12th. It's an eight-day pilgrimage. It's a very affordable pilgrimage, especially as by the standard of going to Europe. Your flights, your accommodations are included. But many of the meals. Yeah. Yep. So we're going there primarily to go to the site of the apparition of Our Lady of Fatima, which I think is particularly important in this time with you know the state of the world that it's in. But we're going to get the chance to see the tombs of the seers and the visionaries of Fatima, Jacinto and Franco Marto, and St. Lucia. We're going to go to the birthplace of St. Anthony of Padua, the patron saint, you know, the miraculous saint, right? Mm-hmm. Who so many intercessions have happened through. Yep. We're going to go to the site of a 13th century Eucharistic miracle, right? But I'm we're excited also, about that. St. Jerome's Monastery. So we're going to go to St. Jerome's Monastery. One of the most I impressive no bell idea. towers in, in I had no idea St. Jerome had a monastery in I think it's just named after him. Okay. I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we're going to go there and find out in person, right? Yeah. We're going to yeah. go to this really cool shrine on top of a mountain in these deep, dark, green, luscious woods where it's it, this beautiful vista of the Church of Jesus on the on the hilltop. Mm-hmm. But we're also going to do some fun stuff. We're gonna Porto. Porto, right? The famous home of winemaking in Portugal. Beautiful. We're going to go there to one of the largest wineries and vineyards in the world and do a lot of sampling of wine. And I'm sure many of our listeners have had port before, but if you haven't, I mean, it is a unique flavor that is just so outstanding. And I have great memories of spending some time with friends from Portugal and uh, brother priests as well, and enjoying a little bit of port on the way. Yeah. And we're going to be praying together. We're going to be celebrating mass together. Yeah. Each Did and you? every day we have a mass identified in a sacred space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm very excited about celebrating mass at Our Lady of Fatima. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, 
that's going to be a yeah, big honor because I know that you have a deep familial tie to Fatima. And are, we're going to see the place where the miracle of the sun happened, where Our Lady appeared. I mean, it really blows the mind to think about it. So if you want to learn more about that, this will sell out because people have been asking us for two years since COVID, when are you going on pilgrimage? And we're finally doing it. So go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Fatima, and you can sign up, pick the right plan for you. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you on this pilgrimage. Yep. Pilgrimage is so important to the spiritual life. And we're talking about Jerusalem. We're going to Fatima. You know, when you go to the sacred spaces and sacred places of the lives of the saints and certainly walk in the footsteps of Jesus and the apostles, it is so impactful to your spiritual life. If you've never been on pilgrimage, we highly, highly recommend it because it will enhance your walk with Christ exponentially. And, you know, when you visit pilgrimage sites, sometimes they're commercialized. So you really need to know and and do some good preparation before you go to make sure that you hit places like the ones we're talking about today in Jerusalem, mm -hmm. because you can miss these locations. As I mentioned to you, I, I went by myself and did some studies, and I went with a, a seminary professor, seminary professor, which is a phenomenal experience. Um, but again, there are places that we're talking about today that I still haven't been to. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I haven't been to any of them because I haven't been to any of these places. Mm -hmm. I've barely been on Ohio. So it's going to be a great thing to do. Uh, we're going to get to also go on a gondola ride. I don't know if I've told you that. Oh, no. We're going to Aviera, which is known as the Venice of Portugal, and they've got the, the kind of same layout. So Very we, cool. We can just, you know, and there's optional extensions, too, especially for people in my area. This is a cool extension. Yeah, the extension to Ponte Vedra. You yeah. know? Mm -hmm. we, we, we live in Ponte Vedra, Florida. That's where the parish is. Um, so, you know, I'm sure that extension is very interesting to locals, the architecture there, the beauty. Um, and then the Santiago de Compostela, you that, can walk the short route of yes. that from the Portuguese border to that. So it's not the full, you know, 26 days mm -hmm. walking in the rain. Mm -hmm. So it's a version of that. So you can get that in as mm -hmm. an optional extension. So great, cool trip that we're excited to go on. Absolutely. One Another spot that we want to highly recommend, we have a few more for you, but the ancient city of Jaffa is right there in Tel Aviv. So when you land in Tel Aviv, which that's the airport that you're going to land in, mm -hmm. don't miss the opportunity to go to the coast. And it is, one, the contemporary city of Tel Aviv is really cool. I spent three days exclusively there having a blast and, mm -hmm. and really had a great time. But also the prayer associated in the ancient city of Jaffa, that's like the outpost of, you know, one, where Egypt you know, have have some yeah. established, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, civilization it, yeah. and control of that location. So you have some uh, excavations that have taken place where you can see that Egyptian settlement right there, which mm -hmm. is really cool. But the Church of St. Peter, mm. very cool place. And you remember what the Church of St. Peter, uh, yeah, that's, what we remember that for. That, that's the that's where Peter had the vision of the, the big cloud of bacon coming down and saying, look, man, you can eat anything you want now that you're a Christian, right? Yeah. And what where, I have made clean is right. clean. And where he baptized the house of Cornelius, mm -hmm. which is great biblical proof of infant baptism, by the way. Mm -hmm. But it's a, it's a beautiful area. But that whole area is so deep in history. It is. It's the Egyptians. It's the Phoenicians. Mm -hmm. It's the Byzantines. It's the Crusaders. Yeah. It's the, uh, you know, the caliphates, it's the Ottomans. That area has changed hands so much it's because strategic. it's so strategic. Good point. That's yeah. exactly it. Another thing that happened there was when St. Peter 
raised Tabitha, one of Jesus' disciples. So another fruit of the Acts of the Apostles from chapter 9 and 10. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and on just a sight level, sightseeing level, when you're on top of uh, where, that, where the church is of St. Peter, you're looking out over the mouth of the Mediterranean and it is breathtaking. It's beautiful. And you're seeing the waves crash on the shore. It is a beautiful sight. And a number of people miss it. Yeah. yeah it's a great place to ride bikes. They mm-hmm. have a lot of bike rentals and yep. stuff Jogging like that. and it's just really safe cool. area as Very well. Very safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Um, what about uh, the Garden of Gethsemane? I mean, I think that's something. That's You've been Church talking of about all that. The nations. Yeah. Church, of, Church all, of all nations. All nations. Yeah. Uh, also run by the Franciscans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it was it, I I think that that was a place that like swept me off my spe- feet spiritually. You got to understand in a lot of these places you don't have a lot of time to pray. Mm-hmm. Like in, even in the church of the annunciation like we're with a big group we were going out and it's just like we're just filtering through and then you go and you see it and then you just keep walking. Which is fine, right? But there's no time to reflect, there's no time to take in the the beauty of the ground that you're walking on and, and reflect in a, in a lot of cases, especially in like the church of the nativity, that would be another example of just kind of moving through there. Um, and that's but, when you go on like these humongous pilgrimages with these, with these kind of secular companies that bring you in and out and they really don't value the interior life. Yeah. When you come on pilgrimage with us, we do know how to have, we need to have fun, but we also know how to pray. Yeah. And we want to give you the valuable time of, of deep meditation mm-hmm. and, yeah. and facilitate that. Because that's why you go on pilgrimage. That's why you go. And there's so, and my wife and I did a lot of this on our own. Like mm-hmm. we, we didn't, we didn't really go with a, a pilgrimage. Yeah. Tour. I remember so me and you just, talking about some of these sites. Yeah. In, f- in fact, there's a great story of Gethsemane where we, we actually went to the wrong place in Palestine <laughs> and stumbled <laughs> on the peace leader of Palestine. Oh yeah. You like, told me about that. Waved us, waved us in and said, what are you guys doing here? You're lost. We sat down with him and he gave me his name. I Googled him. And he's literally the Palestinian leader. We go down to Gethsemane. It's amazing. And I'll tell you, across. So we I go down to Gethsemane and his nephew gives us a ride back to our Airbnb and then picks us up in the morning and takes us to the Dead Sea. So like this whole thing was like Providence. I Providence. It. it was beautiful. But what I like to say about the Church of All Nations is it is so massive mm-hmm. that when you enter into it, you really can find your place of prayer. You can really take in the the you know the church and the ground and everything. And I just I had a very moving experience with the passion of our Lord. Amen. And 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 it was so funny. It's like the whole time I'm just like looking down at the ground and I'm just like really worried about him and the situation and the anxiety. And then all of a sudden I look up and I feel it was like God just looking up. And I saw the the angels ministering to him, mm. which is in scripture. Yeah. And he, but it was almost like, yeah, I had the angels ministering to me though. You know, right? what, like you know, I was one of the I really was being taken care of. One of the really cool things about that is that that's where Jesus experienced the the suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, and it was it's on the Mount of Olives, mm-hmm. right? And it was an olive press. That's what Gethsemane, Gethsemane means, right? Um, one of the really interesting facts is that the olive trees that are in there in front of that church are genetically the same ones from the time of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So now they're not the same trees. They've been grafted because you can graft a tree Mm -hmm. when the roots die, but they're the same organism that Jesus would have been among 
praying on that night on the Mount of Olives. Yeah. And I think that's a really cool thing. I'd like to eat one of those olives. Yeah, and the, the other thing, yeah, right? Yeah. And the, the other I think thing, you could buy the olives from there, actually. I, I, I didn't see any places there. But the the other thing, too, that surprised me, I know it, I, sh- I shouldn't, maybe it kind of speaks to my lack of mental fortitude. But so, but like, you know, you go to these places and it, and it really is like land, right? So you go in there and I'm like, I, I'm experiencing this. And then I'm like, what are all these people kneeling over? They're literally kneeling over a rock that's mm-hmm. like a 10 by 10 rock. And and then like everywhere you go, it's like, here's the rock. It's just like, it's the la- it's literally like enthroned, like this land is enthroned. Like this is where Jesus gave the, mm-hmm. you know, the um, They don't destroy the, 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 the geography of the place. They encase it. They, yeah, it's yeah. like this is the spot, you mm-hmm. know, and. But that kind of blew my mind a little bit because you know you go into the Holy Land and this is where he was born. It's like, no, this is where he was born. Here is the mm-hmm. rock, mm-hmm. you know, like. So it, it's kind of neat the way that that dynamics set, settles in there. It but, really, it know. really is, and and that that rock. When you're there, you, it's like you see the images of yeah. Jesus weeping on the and rock. he's on, yeah. on the rock, it, like. And it's dark in there, mm-hmm. and like the 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 barrier between the rock and where you're kneeling, it feels like the crown of thorns, and and it's just Jesus entering into suffering on our behalf. It, it is one of the most solemn, like you're saying, one of the most solemn places of of recollection and reflection, yeah, and deep meditation. It's like it stops you in your tracks, yeah. Like you said, it sweeps it you did. off your feet it just, spiritually. It just, yeah, it just entered into the anxiety that he was experiencing. Right around the corner of the Church of All Nations, as you kind of continue to ascend the hill mm-hmm. on the right-hand side, is this massive cemetery, like huge. And that's where tradition has it, where Jesus comes back to judge the living and the dead will be over that hill and the dead will raise. That's where there's a there's a tradition there for that. The firstborn of the resurrected will start there. We'll start there. Yeah. And and it overlooks all of Jerusalem. So you see from that outpost where Jesus was imprisoned, you see, you know, in the distance where where you know where the temple is, where Jesus was uh, crucified and where he was resurrected, you kind of, you see all of that. And it's, it's really a fascinating place of prayer. Now here's, here's one that's a little bit probably very obscure that I don't know how many people go to, but I think would be very cool to go to because it's, it's so, it doesn't seem very touristy because how many people would think to go there, but it's called the Chapel of the Shepherds. And this chapel is on the site where the, the shepherds were when the angel, when the angels announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds and the fields. You know that part of the story of the nativity. There's a chapel there, uh, which I think is really cool because it's like this is the first annunciation of the birth of Jesus. This is Jesus's, you know, birth certificate. It happens right here. And I think that's a really cool Mm -hmm. place, the, the site of an apparition of angels to these poor shepherds, you know, and glory to God in the highest, right? Excelsius and Deo. That's this place. You know, and we sing that every Christmas, yeah. but it's here, you know? Southeast of, that's a beautiful architecture. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's, it's a Franciscan shrine. Uh, there's a Greek monastery there as well, but that's one of those ones that is in the custody of the Franciscans of the Holy Land. Where is wow. it? It's, it's southeast of Bethlehem. Uh, not too far, though. Yeah, it's probably, you know, not too far, but, you know, you didn't keep your sheep in the cities, right? You had them in the grazing fields. Right. So they were probably associated with well, Bethlehem. Yeah. 
There's a lot to see near Bethlehem. Yeah. Our Lady of uh, Leche. Yeah, southeast of Bethlehem in the West Bank in Palestine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I think the last, I, I think we've talked about kind of localities. We've talked about ones in, in around Nazareth and ones in and around Bethany and in and around Jerusalem. And I think one place that you should definitely go is Capernaum, mm-hmm. right? Because that was... I would just the, that's the birthplace of the church. Yeah, it's that's the, where it's Jesus' out, ministry was yeah. centered. Yeah, it's the outpost. I mean, not to not to discount the, you know the location of Pentecost, which is really important to mm-hmm. attend to, which you will definitely. Um, but it's it's the outpost of Jesus' operational ministry where the greater majority of his effort was in and around the Galilee. Very important to go there and and you there's so much to see and very Experientially, you're entering in to Jesus's day to day in yeah. Capernaum. Yeah, you have the uh, the chapel of the um, Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. You have Peter's house, which that's the one that I think we should really see. That's Peter's house, and that's maybe by some accounts the oldest church, the oldest in, church the in the world. Yeah, that was the yeah. first Vatican. Mm-hmm. That was the first Saint Peter's. Mm-hmm. That is where the church's administration happened, and Jesus would have lived there as well because yeah. Jesus lived with Peter. And there's yeah. a there's a modern church that's built on top of where you have like yep. the stone structures and a glass floor that you see there. Ex- excavating there too. It's a very yeah. cool place. Yeah, and the, and like the 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 how scenic it is, like overlooking the Sea of Galilee, which. It's such a majestic place, mm-hmm. you know, just looking at it and being there. It's just amazing how land can be that beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's some notoriety as well besides Capernaum. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Magdala as well because yeah. Magdala is a really cool place. I got to participate in an archaeological dig and phenomenal experience. What, Unforgettable. what have they found there? Tell them what they found. It's one of the earliest Jewish synagogues, mm-hmm. right? earliest Jewish synagogues, and then also locations of of mitzvahs and places where, um, or not mitzvahs, mikvahs, mikvahs, yeah, uh, w- ritual cleansing. Um, you know, huge fishing industry. But they found the city of Magdala. Yeah. I mean, it's a lost city, a historical city, mm-hmm. and a lot of these cities, like, you know, you th- you hear these, like, you, you hear Capernaum, and you're like, oh yeah, it's got to be there, but. Cities, a lot of them haven't been there in 2,000 years, right. and they don't even know where they're supposed they're to be. buried. And, and a lot of them you'll only find by a mound, and you have to excavate this mound and see, well, let's go down five layers, and does it line up with mm-hmm. the history? It's crazy. And then, and then how the sea has risen mm-hmm. and fallen over the years, too. That fascinated me uh, to know how high the waters were and, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. So those are some places in the Holy Land I think that are a little bit outside the normal uh, that you can consider going because they're so cool that they're tied to these stories that we've all heard of, but you might not consider that that spot is still there or you could even identify that spot. And these were ones that I thought were really fascinating, you know, and the ones yeah. that you guys shared, like mm-hmm. your experiences there. So, you know, whenever you have a chance, go visit the Holy Land and, you know, visit these beautiful sites. Um, you know, there some of these are very, very easy to miss. So, you definitely want to write them down as a bucket list item. I know I've got a few on here from this show that yeah, are on too. my bucket list now. Yeah. So, again, if you want to click like and subscribe, that really helps us. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to learn about becoming a patron, go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Patreon. we got some really cool things that we're now just starting to add, like weekly hangouts, meetups where we all meet up in cool cities and you know find um, you know cool Catholic things to find and do in America and meet each other. 
Uh, we're going to be sharing Father Rich's uh, sermons and his masses. And then you're also going to get cool gear like these guys are wearing, the coffee cups and the weekly hangouts, bobbleheads and hoodies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you want to support us, go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Patreon. And we're very curious, too, if there's places that we didn't hit in this conversation in Jerusalem that you find unique and obscure on the, yeah. on the securitist route that's uh, that's out there, let us know. And uh, in the comment section below, continue to share our content. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, and Twitter, at Catholic Talk Show. And we want to wish you guys a beautiful week, and we'll see you next week.